What's up, friends? Welcome back. Episode 110. You guys, I hope you are having a great day. I am so pumped about this episode. I'm actually so pumped about the next several episodes, but this episode we have my counselor, Jim Beebe, the guy's the real deal. If you've been around here for any time at all, you know Jim is one of my favorite go-to guests on the podcast. He's just awesome. He's been working with humans for over 40 years now, and he's just a depth of knowledge, understanding, compassion, wisdom, all the things. He's just, man, he's rad. And if I could bottle this guy up and give him to you, I would. This is the closest I can get is having him on the podcast. And so I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Jim. I will let you know if you have little ones around, it gets a little colorful. It wasn't Jim. It was me, of course. So I just, you know, I'm going to warn you guys before any colorful language, just because I want to be sensitive to the little children that could be in the car or, or anything like that. So anyways, it's not super colorful, but it's colorful enough where I don't want to get a mean email because you didn't know to put your AirPods on. So just put your AirPods on. You guys, I love you. I'm so grateful you're here. I hope this episode blesses you. And listen, if you're interested in joining the Feel Better journey, my group coaching program, doors close this Saturday for this round. 10 weeks together. If you're interested, go straight to the show notes and click right through. And I'm so grateful you're here. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Okay, you guys, man, do I remember when I was struggling internally with insecurity and, oh my gosh, my shitty committee towards myself, just that negative self-talk and negative thoughts about my life. And you guys, frankly, it didn't matter how successful I was on the outside or how successful I seemed on the outside, my internal world was in knots. You guys, I was wrestling with so much and I didn't even know where to begin. And I want you to know you don't have to struggle like I did and not knowing what to do or if there was even a solution to help me feel better. You guys, I wanna invite you into the feel better journey. Time with me as we help you find some healing from these things that are holding you back. Now, listen, I know I don't have a magic wand. You know that too. But I am telling you, these tools and strategies and mindset shifts, they work. And these are not hollow affirmations. Now, listen, I love affirmations, but we don't even work on affirmations until the end. Because if we don't get to the roots of what's actually holding us back, I'll be honest, affirmations, they don't stick and they don't work. And in fact, they can do more harm to us than the good that they're intended to. Because here's the thing. Your mind is arguing with you. For instance, let's just say we start with an affirmation like, I am enough. Oh man, it sure is true and it sure sounds pretty. But when you feel like you're so unworthy and insecure in so many ways, 
saying that I am enough, it really doesn't do much good. In fact, your brain is looks for ways to prove that statement wrong. Oh, really? You're enough? Okay. Well, if you were enough, this wouldn't have happened or that wouldn't have happened. You guys, our minds are battling us because we're struggling. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You guys, I will walk you through the whole thing. Trust me. I know you're busy. I get it. But making time for your growth is huge. It will uplevel every area of your life. I'm not kidding. Everyone deserves some motivation. And I will be your personal coach, your encourager, and your cheerleader through this whole thing to help you release anxiety and honestly bask in your full potential, no matter what cards you've been dealt in this life. And let me tell you, some of us have been dealt some pretty difficult cards, but I want to help you thrive within your reality. If you're tired of the negative self-talk inside and feeling overwhelmed and even exhausted by life, you need this program. I want you to know if you're great at taking care of everyone else, but you struggle doing things for yourself, this program will help you. I know a lot of us don't know what will even make us feel better or make us feel good or what will even bless us. I know, I know, I know you're in the thick of it. I read your emails. Maybe you're even a little afraid to look under the lid, so to speak, because you're concerned what it may bring up. Maybe that's why you're avoiding therapy at times. Maybe you're even avoiding Bible studies. Hey, I avoid Bible studies too. Just so you know, we're all in this together. I'm so over surfacey talk. That's one of the reasons why we created this program to talk about the things that actually matter to us to talk about the things that can actually move the needle in a positive direction for our internal world and our life. Like feeling better and learning to thrive and dealing with our emotions and our thoughts. Trust me, when we learn to thrive internally, your business will get better, your work will improve, your relationships with others will improve. The moment I started working on my relationship with myself, my relationship with everyone else got better, hands down. You guys, I created this program to cut the red tape and to help you get there more quickly. If you like the podcast, you will love the Feel Better journey and our time together. Doors close on Saturday, September 9th. So if you're feeling the tug, you guys do it. Jump in. You are worth it. I'm ready to journey with you. I know even in the 12-step program, way back when, you know, 30s when this started, they were talking about mindfulness back then and trying to stay grounded in the moment and not try to control everything or be too far in the future. This is that sense of surrender. Yeah. What is right now is what needs to be. Yeah. Can we talk about 12-step for a minute and yeah. mindfulness and all the things? So last yeah. year or a couple of years ago, Gary and I were flying. His company's very generous and Jim knows this, but they flew us to France for this company trip. And it was extraordinary and it was amazing. And it was the longest I'd ever been away from my kids, which I was scared to death. And then it ended up being like, the best. <laughs> so not, not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like scared to death till I got in the plane. And then I'm like, I'm free. <laughs> but we're flying into France and I'll never forget. It was the clearest blue sky you'd ever seen. I mean, it was like there was not a cloud above us, but below us, it was like completely clouded over. I mean, it was like the thickest. It looked like a mattress. Like I'm kid you not. It was straight. It was all the way to the horizon, but all the way to the horizon from above the clouds, it was blue and beautiful. Like I can still picture it in my head and it was glorious. And as we were flying into the clouds, the 
plane got very rocky. And as we landed into France, it was storming and windy and rock. It was awful. And they talk about in mindfulness how there's this blue sky concept. The blue sky is always there. The clouds, the rockiness, that's life. That's what comes to us. That's what we have to deal with. But that's what we have to kind of swim through and fly through to get back to the blue sky because the blue sky never left us. It's always there. It's just a lot of life. A lot of things struggling caused those clouds and turbulent moments. And so I think that for me in mindfulness and prayer and meditation, it's always like I'm trying to get back to the blue sky. What do I have to do to get back to the blue sky? What do I need to work through so that I can be grounded? Because the blue sky, to me, that's Holy Spirit. To me, that's myself. That's like peace within myself. That's like I'm at my best version when I'm there. So, And the blue sky, is it up there in a sense, in a way that it's down here in the storm? Yes. Mm. That's the thing, right? The, The blue sky is with me in the storm. We all have storms. I have them. You have them. Everybody I know has them. Everybody I know has things that would rob them of mm-hmm. any peace, right? And would rip their heart out. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow could happen, possibly. Mm-hmm. But somehow there's ways to practice this and ways to, with relinquishment and some detachment at times, self-care, gratitude, mm-hmm. be able to find it's okay. Mm-hmm. Life is holding even all the struggle and the worries, and that's part of my blue sky. Mm-hmm. Wow. Part of my blue sky is the clouds. It's weird. You know, it's yeah. a paradox. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, and I always go back to if we need life to be perfect and if we need to go back to the Garden of Eden for life to be worthwhile or perfect, I mean, we've shot ourselves in the foot before we've got out the gate. Like, we're screwed. If we need the Garden of Eden, we're all screwed because I believe wholeheartedly life for all of us, is 50-50. It's 50% glorious and extraordinary and amazing. And it's 50% awful and hard and grief-stricken. And it doesn't matter about circumstances. It's about, okay, I'm always searching for the little nuggets of light in the hard. Because you know, you guys, I struggle with depression and anxiety every day of my life. I don't think there's been a day I haven't. I live in angst. Like it's my biology. And trust me, I've done all the things with Jesus. Trust me, I believe in prayer and all the things, okay? But physiologically, I have wounds. I have things. And anybody who comes at me and says, no, you're, you're clean by the stripes of Jesus. I agree. However, it, let's just go back to when Jesus resurrected. He came back and what was it? Who was it? Thomas? Doubting Thomas got to stick his finger in his hole. So don't tell me that we don't still have those wounds if our Savior still had those wounds when he walked the planet after resurrection. So You guys, it's okay that you have wounds. It's okay that you have these struggles. It's okay that your life is half a shit show and half gloriously hilarious and fun. That's life. So it's embracing it all. Yeah. It's it's holding what can feel so hard, right? To hold anxiety and still have peace. I'm telling you, that's just just so hard to experience because anxiety yells. Peace is quiet, right? Yeah. You know, anxiety is the storm. Yeah. Depression is the storm. Yeah. But finding the ways of taking care of myself, practice yeah. I do. And, and you and I both say, man, you better be doing this every day. Every day, you better be finding all the ways in which you nurture that part of you. Because if not, when that next thing comes and it's coming, you're toast. Well, it's like a, an athlete, right? So Zach's playing football right now. He's playing games. Yesterday, he had one of the best games of his whole career. Like amazing. 
but I left him a voice message last night before bed because he was already in bed and I wanted him to get it this morning. But I was saying, honey, the last four months of your work is what gave you yesterday. Like that's what it was. So you guys, we do the work, we do these practices, even on good days. I mean, honestly, you double down on them because then the hard days, it's easier. It's easier. And Jim, I love when you called like our anxiety, the storm. It's such a good illustration because that's, and also our anxiety is like a little toddler inside. And so like looking at it, like, okay, okay, honey. Oh, no wonder Danny has anxiety. You, you know, okay, we're going to, so you literally like, you know, Jim's taught me this, but self-parent, like you parent these hard places in yourself. How would you treat a four-year-old or a six-year-old that's struggling or that's fearful? Like you'd love them. You'd get them, you know, you buy them an ice cream cone. So let's give some people some practical applications. Okay. Okay. So one that I would suggest is it can be with others. So it can be in a support group or it can be by yourself by journaling, but that you write down what you're thinking or feeling or you speak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Learning to get more detailed and you could, you can get these feeling wheels online. You can download, you might want to put that in the show notes here, but okay. there's uh, some really good like charts that help people get more detailed, right? Some of the research shows that the more specific I can get there, they call it granular, right? Getting down to the granular level. The devil's in the details. The devil's in the details, exactly. When I just feel overwhelmed, okay, or I feel beside myself, right? That's very vague and it's very hard then to be able to have much mastery over it or ability to manage it, to massage it. So get really good at being more detailed in your language, which I'm not great at. And especially men are not good at this because we men are not socialized to have a very good emotional vocabulary, but we'll have to learn it. So get those, get some of these charts, have them with you, get better at describing your experience a little better. Okay. Number one. Number two, try to find what that attached to. There's always a narrative to our feelings. And we think the narrative is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what happens right now is tapping the deeper narrative. That's what you're talking about, that deeper inner self. Mm-hmm. And within that are stories. When did I feel that? Sometimes we'll ask the question, when did you first, you know, just think about this anxiety you're feeling, this angst that you feel inside, this despair you're feeling inside. Can you go back and try to remember when you first sort of can relate that, you know, and you can go back to adolescence or as a kid. And then there's a narrative stories that happened in that, that those that when we're young, that's how we formed our worldview is just through experiences, through our unique personality and our unique biology. So learning how to, to write out the feelings and write out the narrative or the stories that relate to those feelings and then, then write out some of the beliefs that come out of that. And think of beliefs not so much as conscious structures or thoughts as much as experienced orientation, almost like the window through which you view life. Mm-hmm. Right. So you look at life, not into through this clear window that's all cleaned up every day. This life has thrown a lot of mud on this window, right? Mm-hmm. That all that mud is the inner self. And my windshield wipers are broken. And you, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's when they're not working and you know, you put them on and it made it worse. You know, sometimes. <laughs> but trying to identify what those are and what you'll find is you'll come back to the same stuff over and over again, mm-hmm. because that's the, that, that's your inner child orientation, right? That's the window. Mm-hmm. So we say to people, it's not what happens to you. It's what you tell yourself about what happens to you. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to do that because sometimes when things happen to me, it feels like it's the thing happening to me that's doing mm-hmm. it. 
And I know it's not. So you got to create this space to be able to see that it's how I then give value to those things that happen to me. And the value is given because of what I believe about it, the good or bad, right? And so as I start to see that, that's the gift, right? The things that happen to me reveal what my window is. And then I'm going at trying to manage my window and trying to clean it off as best I can, trying to manage it as best I can. I'm trying to respect it, right? Once I, once I see it as part of me, I can respect ways to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Last thing I was going to say is that helps you set boundaries. That helps you start to take care of yourself, right? So I'm, I'm sure I've shared it with you before, but Jane and I don't have a, a house up in you know the mountains. We don't have an RV. I don't have a boat. I don't have a pool because I know me. I can't live that. I just know me. I have to set boundaries because I cannot live that big life. It, it, I'd be too anxious. So I've got to create a lot of margin in my life just for me to sleep at night. So out of self-care, I respect what my window looks like. Mm-hmm. And I respect then what I need, right? So then I'm searching for how I need, right? And this is where I, I'm learning to, I think we've talked about the RAIN technique before on the program, but we use that RAIN technique. I'm going to put those in the show notes too, where we recognize the feeling or the experience, or the thoughts, we accept, we don't resist them, right? Because a lot of times, in our, especially in our Christian world, we tend to judge them, that I shouldn't feel this way. We're professional judges. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our professional, we get paid right. to judge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. So the, the acceptance, and then we investigate. This is the really getting more detailed. Mm-hmm. So we're investigating. So R-A-I-N, so R is recognized. A is accept, don't resist, let, let it be a gift, receive it as teaching you. I is investigate, take time to inventory and share it, what's going on inside, take ownership of it mm-hmm. there with gracious and compassionate curiosity, okay? And then N is nurture, what do I need? How do I take care of myself in this need? And you're going to, as you know, right, Danny, you just come back to the same stuff over and over again. And I try to, all right, we're all sort of can be pretty crappy at this, but how do I, what do I need and how do I take care of myself so that I can deal with the moment, but I was looking to build a life that hopefully has some stability and sanity to it. Yeah. Because a lot of us are living lives that are just too hard to live. You're committed with too many things. You're not getting enough sleep. You're financially overstretched. You're not that good. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're setting up way more triggers in your life than you handle and at least for me, if I get too triggered, I'm, I, it's, it's, and I work at this every day and I, I, I'm not that good. So we create this life, a hopefully healthy life so that when we do have, we have tools, but we have a life that's easier that we don't need to be, you know, walking on the tightrope all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, you bring up a good point. So like when things happen to us, right, and things do happen to us, but it's like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to bring healing? How am I going to deal with this so that I can learn to thrive? even though these things happened, right? And it's hard, you guys, because some things are abusive and th- some things are hurtful. And we're not saying like, oh, okay, I would have chosen this abuse or I would have chosen this betrayal or I would have chosen this hurt. We're, what we're saying is we're living life on life's terms. This shit happened. It's reality. How do I learn to thrive within reality? And sometimes it's just acknowledging, okay, this abusive, hurtful thing happened. Okay, it is what it is. Now, how am I going to take care of myself? Sometimes it's just by putting up healthy boundaries with people. Those people that hurt you, you have permission to put up a boundary. Don't put up a wall with yourself and with your creator, but definitely put up a wall with other people that have hurt you because they don't get access to those places in you anymore, right? And that's where when we've been abused or or hurt, 
sometimes our walls are still down with those people because I think we're grieving and we're in denial and we're like, what the heck? And how do I get away? And he didn't mean to do it or she didn't mean to do it or we do all these things. But the reality is we're just saying, be honest, recognize, accept it for what it is, investigate. Part of the investigating part of that reign is what did this trigger in me? What do I need to do to take care of myself? What do I need to do? And then what was N? Nurture? Nurture. Yeah. Nurture. And then do the grown up thing and take care of yourself and nurture and allow, you know, the right people in your life to help heal you and, and all the things. So it's hard though, you guys, it's complicated because we're emotional beings. We're not just minds. We're not just spiritual beings. We're, we have physical bodies and we have emotions. And so sometimes the dance gets hard and ugly, but it is what it is. It's reality. If we want to thrive within reality, we have to deal with our shit and we have to deal with the things that have harmed us and hurt us. And we have to deal with the things that we've done to harm and hurt ourselves and to harm and hurt others. And it's not easy all the time, but it's the best holy thing you can ever do. That's good, Danny. So that nurture is internal. Mm -hmm. A lot of nurture that I do. So I, I'm learning to slowly not be shooting all over myself. Yeah. You know, I'm learning to practice graceful compassion towards myself. So there's a lot of internal need that I have and the need may be external, right? I may need to break up with that friend mm -hmm. who is just like, you know, every time I leave, I feel frustrated or judged, you know, right. maybe, maybe you need to set some boundaries. Yeah. You know? Maybe you need to kick that kid out of the back room who's mm -hmm. sweet and 28 years old, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, so, th and those are hard, but there may be external things I need to do too. So it's very active, right? It's, it's engaging, but that we do the work first so that we then, when we come to that external world, we're doing that out of care, compassion, not out of trying to control or fix anybody else, you know, because that won't work, but it will lead you to creative ways to take care of yourself. Yeah. And you know, right, that, that can be so hard because sometimes I, it's hard for me to know how to take care of myself. That my solution is, no, they've got to get it. This person's got to be, you know, learn to be nicer to me, right? Wow. You know, whenever my inner world is dependent on that thing outside of me, then that's God. Yeah. It's an idol. It's an idol. I'm codependent on that thing. For sure. For sure. And I live with the belief, some may disagree, but I live with the belief that if it's right for me, it's going to be right for everybody involved. Because I think that's just the way God's economy works. As hard as the decision may be, as uncomfortable as it may be, if it truly is God's will for me and right for me, it's going to be right for everybody else involved. And so it may be painful for them, but you know, life's painful. There's painful things. And so, and again, I think we bring it back into community. We don't make any big rash decisions on our own. I think there's proverbs about, you know, wise counsel and, and all of this again brings back to community. But I think that the goal of, Jim has said this forever, the goal of growing up is to grow up, right? Or what is it? Goal of life to grow up. That's right. Yeah. The goal of life is to grow up. And not everybody does, you guys. There's 70 year olds, 80 year olds that are less emotionally mature dealing with their stuff than all of us because we're actually trying to deal with our stuff. Life's yeah. hard, complicated, but it's. Yeah. And I like what you said. What if it's right for me, it'll be right for everybody else. It is. And what may be right for us may be sacrificial. Yeah. It may be, you know. But you'll know it because the fruit of it will be different. Mm -hmm. right? There's times that you'll stay up late loosely, but stay up with someone because you're trying to, you know, be loving and caring and helping them. And that's right for you. Mm -hmm. Be tired the next day, but it's right for you. 
there's times that you'll say, no, I'm sorry, I got to hang up. I got to get some sleep. We'll talk tomorrow, see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that may be right for you. Yeah. So this, there's no one size fits all or that one answer that you can apply every time. You can't. That's what life is, right? It's a gift every day you're open. You got to figure out this day how to take care of myself. Yeah. Exactly. But I think, Danny, getting to know ourselves better, getting to know the inner landscape of our psyche and our spirit and our vulnerability and our gift and our tools to use to take care of ourselves. That's the task of growing up. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. There's no perfect. It doesn't exist. And if, if my life's like everybody else's life, there's always something out there that's unfinished. It always is. You know, we're never going to have it in the box. We're never going to have it all cleaned up and resolved. And oh, finally, we can now rest. You know, <laughs> that's not what it is. It's really living with it. We, we create the bigger box, you know, and we really did these practices that we do over and over again. And like, you know, I know you've discovered, we find those voices that teach us again, the same thing that we need to hear again and learn again, just like they do. And that's the good life. Yeah. Amen. But is it the teacher appears when the student is ready? And I think that there's just such, we're all students, you guys. We're all just trying to learn and do the best we can and learn to thrive. And, you know, life's like an onion. There's layers. I'll talk to people all the time and they'll be like, but I dealt with this. Why is it still coming up? It's like, because you still have a heartbeat. You're still on the planet. Like, (laughs) life's an onion. I've dealt with all this stuff, too. Do you know how much my therapy bills have been? Like, (laughs) right? Like. Jim, you should have bought that house in the mountains. With- <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I think that's a good way, right? It's it's back to expectation. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. It's not like it goes away. You know? Yeah. No, that's not what it looks like. As you interact with it, you learn how to take care of yourself. We hope we have a little more love and joy and peace, but that's relative to any one day. Okay. But we develop the ways of taking care of ourselves to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't get to be anybody else but who we are. This is it, you know? It's what John Bradshaw used to say, you know, I came to be me. This is why I came, ultimately. And that means all of it and the messiness of it all. And then each time things happen to me, they're all happening for me as I learn, as I grow. So the other way I tell people is, you know, we're all victimized in life. We all are. We have things happen that are, you know, victimizing things. But if you become the victim, you're screwed. You're, you're stuck. If you're victimized, but ultimately I transform that into the learning and growing, then I'm not the victim. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because people, when, especially as a child, when you've been victimized, you need to hear, you need to be loved and nurtured and heard and allowed to be at that place of comfort. But ultimately we find a way to live beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be in the victim. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I worked through my stuff, and when I, as I'm working through my stuff, there is a part of us that needs to validate the victimized place right, right? and feel like the victim for a little bit, right? But what Jim's saying, you guys, is like, if you get stuck there, it's a miserable outcome for you and you alone. Because the reality is the person that victimized you is not harmed by you living in your victim place. Our goal then is to step into, I was victimized but, or I was victimized and, and then you begin to thrive and move through it and you're validated that you're moving through it. And then that harmful places becomes like a foundation from which you springboard your life. You have more wisdom, you have more grace, you have more compassion, you've got more joy, more love. It's like the deeper the sadness, the deeper the sorrow, the greater the joy. And so I firmly believe 
the deeper, the harder things that people have gone through and the more sorrow that they felt, they have a more capacity for joy as well. I see it every day in, in the work I do and the life I live. So I think that if we can just look at like, okay, yeah, that sorrow's hard, but what it did is it opened me up to have more joy and peace and capacity to love people, you know? Perfect. Perfect, Danny. Yeah. Well, Danny, this is really helpful. It's helpful because everybody's living in between. Yeah. Everybody's living unfinished. It's, uh, you know, their life's an unfinished book. Mm -hmm. and, and at any one moment, there's things that feel uncertain. Yeah. And human beings do not like uncertainty. Mm -hmm. We don't like things being open-ended. And so it's hard sometimes when we're living in between. But I'll tell you, there's always something. Mm -hmm. Always something. Right? So we're going to learn to live in between. Yeah. That we're not, we're not in Egypt, but we're not really in the promised land either. We're, the desert is the promised land. <laughs> we're learning, you know, one manna for the day. We're learning how to, to walk with relinquishment and find peace, you know, and embrace this gift that is life that we have and do that within community. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But thank you. And thank you for what you do. Thank you, Jim. This, I'm telling you, there's, everybody will know this and I'm sure you'll, I hopefully will hear everybody write Danny and tell her the thing you're working through, the thing mm -hmm. that you're living in and how this, hopefully these, you know, a couple of podcasts here have helped like, how oh, I'm, I'm slowly learning how to live in between. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that, Jim, that we're not in Egypt anymore, but we're not in the promised land either. And that's okay. We're all the 40,000 or whatever, 4 million, whatever, walking the desert together. We're not alone. You know, we're not an island. I love that. Thank you, Jim. All right, Danny, thank you for doing your work. That's wonderful. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.